afternoon, America, and welcome to the Dean's List. Class is formally in session. I'm Dean Bowen, and you are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. The conversation today revolves around our values, our values as a country. And it, it appears to me that we are in the throes of witnessing, ultimately, Americans being fed up and tired of of our values just being shoved to the side really by this progressive left-wing media and by their ilk, by progressive politicians that I have no idea how these people got into office. They continue to, to trample on the country's values as a whole. We do not value ter- terrorism. We do not value the innocent uh, slaughtering of civilians. Let me rephrase that. I don't think there's such a thing as innocent slaughtering. We don't value the slaughtering of innocent civilians. And how dare our elected leaders, you know, stand up and say, we're not going to condemn this because, you know, there isn't a dialogue about Palestinians being mistreated. When those leaders know full and well that the Palestinian population elected this terrorist group to lead them in what was deemed by Jimmy Carter as a free and fair election. And I, I think we, you know, we we might disagree on that. Uh, as a country, we don't we don't support that. We're not behind that. And if if we don't take stock of our elected leaders, and and remove those who do not support our values as a country, then it's on us. But I think those elected leaders, they have to go. I just, I believe that they need to be removed from office. And I I, I think we need to do the same thing with, with these universities. We need to, as a country, we need to take stock of Harvard. Now, Harvard was was started initially as a, as a college to train ministers of the gospel. It is not that anymore. No, the, the mission of, of, of Harvard has been thwarted. To, to the, the founding of Harvard, if you will, and then tell me that the mission of Harvard has not been thwarted. It was founded in 1636 from a donation by the Reverend John Harvard. So the school is named after a minister. Originally, it was called the College at Cambridge. Harvard was the first college in America being established only 16 years after the landing of the Pilgrims. It's our very first college. It's our oldest college. It's, I mean, it's Harvard for crying out loud. The declared purpose of the college was to train illiterate clergy that's its that's its purpose. So do you think its mission has been thwarted? Look at what's been going on at the uh, on the campus of of Harvard over the last week and tell me that it is still their mission to train a literate clergy. All right, 1642 September 26, 1642 Harvard institutes rules and precepts. 
that were to be observed. Are you ready? Here we go. Let every student be plainly instructed and earnestly pressed to consider well the main end of his life and studies, which is to know God and Jesus Christ as eternal life, stated John 17 and 3, and therefore to lay Christ in the bottom as the only foundation of all sound knowledge and learning. And seeing the Lord only giveth wisdom, let everyone seriously set himself by prayer in secret to seek it of him. Proverbs chapter 2, Proverbs chapter 3. Is that still the mission of Harvard? Uh-uh. No. No, that mission has been thwarted. I read on. Everyone shall so exercise himself in reading the scriptures twice a day. <laughs> this is almost... It's almost comical now to think that, that this would actually take place not only at Harvard, but at any university, which, you know, doesn't have Christian in its title, and even those that do. That he shall be ready to give such an account of his proficiency therein. Read the scriptures twice a day so you can let people know how proficient you are in them, both in theoretical observations of language and logic, and in practical and spiritual truths as his tutor shall require. According to his ability, seeing the entrance of the word giveth light, it giveth understanding to the simple. Psalm 119 and 130. Yeah, these are the rules and the precepts which were to be observed by students at Harvard. And these were instituted September 26, 1642. Uh, every scholar, no, no, here's another one. None shall frequent the company and society of such men as lead an unfit and dissolute life. Oh, wow. What if that was, what if that was still our, our philosophy today? What if we still valued that? What if we still valued and instructed our young people to, uh, not frequent the company and society of such men as lead an unfit life? Mm-hmm. The ill repute among us. Yeah, don't don't befriend them. And and you know, here's what we have on 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 the campus of, of Harvard where students are just well, yeah, you've seen it. You know what they're doing. It, it, I, I don't know how students can can stand and promote the atrocities that have 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 taken place, especially especially at our oldest college, Harvard, right? But the mission of Harvard has been thwarted. Listen to this. Prior to the revolution, 10 of the 12 presidents of Harvard were ministers. And according to reliable calculations, over 50% of the 17th century Harvard graduates became ministers. It is worthy of note that 106 of the first 108 schools in America were founded on the Christian faith. Harvard College was founded in Christi Glorium and later dedicated Christo et Ecclesia. The founders of Harvard believed that all knowledge without Christ was vain. Oh, for the glory of Christ, that's, that's what... That's what the college was was founded for, for the glory of Christ and Christ and his church. 
That's what Christia Gloriam and Christo et Ecclesia mean in Latin. The word veritas, still on the college seal, means divine truth. Oh, divine truth. Can you believe that's still on, on the Harvard seal? Divine truth? You think they believe in such a thing over there at, at, at Harvard? Do they believe in divine truth? Uh, I, you know what? They have probably stopped studying Latin, so they don't really know what veritas means. They probably just think it looks cool. But if they actually knew it meant divine truth, they, they're like, what? That word's got to go. There's no such thing as divine truth. I mean, truth is what I, truth is what I think it should be. So it's still on their seal, and the motto of Harvard uh, officially was for Christ and the and and the Church, for Christ and the Church. And Veritas is on their seal as divine truth. At Harvard University, the following inscription remains on the wall by the old iron gate at the main entrance to the campus found also in the catalog of the Harvard Divinity School. The dedication reads as follows. After God had carried us safe to New England, and we had builded our houses, provided necessaries for our livelihood, reared convenient places for God's worship, and settled the civil government, one of the next things we longed for and looked after was to advance learning and perpetuate it to posterity dreading to leave an, an illiterate ministry to the churches when our present ministers lie in the dust. So they wanted to train uh, a, a clergy that was literate, and they it, their mission was you know, for the glory of Christ and for Christ and his church, and they believed in veritas, divine truth. Those were once our values. Uh, those were the values of, of the founding of, of Harvard. And, you know, that mission has been thwarted. And I ask, can we get it back? That's, you know, it's a simple question. Can we get our values back? Can we reclaim the Judeo-Christian values that the country was, country was founded on? When you look and see what, what has transpired on the uh, college campuses, especially Harvard, sometimes you, it just, I think initially it makes us think, oh, that's it. I mean, it's lost. All is lost. There is no hope here when you have future generations on college campuses, you know, rooting, essentially rooting for the destruction of, of innocent civilians? Uh, don't they know history? Don't they teach World War II history over there at Harvard? And it, it just makes us throw up our hands. But I'm here to tell you, we are a vigilant lot, Americans. We are vigilant. And, uh, and we have values. And our values as a country are rooted in, in Judeo-Christian biblical truths. That's the root. That's the foundation. And I just believe we can get back to it. I do. It's it. Maybe it's a simple belief. It, I have hope. I have hope that as a country, the more we speak our values, the more we let our values be heard, 
And that's part of the problem. We have been silenced and shunned and removed from the public square for decades. And mostly because, you know, there was this wall of separation between church and state and, you know, the uh, the whole definition of church and definition of state was was even rewritten. Uh, it, you know, this the First Amendment was turned upside down on its head. I mean, we've talked about this. We we've detailed it that that um, you know the separation clause was weaponized against the free exercise clause in the First Amendment. It's it's clear we have we have spelled it out, and because of that, for decades we have gone silent with our values because ah, we can't really talk about that. We can't, I mean, really, can, can I talk about this? Can I, I mean, I can't pray. Can I, uh, yeah. and that's, that has shut us down. And, and so now what we have is students on college campuses, um, you know, promoting this massacre I don't even know that I don't know that they realize what they're doing. I I, I think they're probably so clueless to reality. You know, I don't want to, I I can't explain it. I just, I can't explain it. All I know is that our, as a country, our, our our voice in in describing and promoting and explaining what our values are has been silenced and i'm just i believe we can we can get it back i believe if we speak up loud enough and often enough we get it back and we've talked about the courage that it's going to take we absolutely have talked about it we you know we've talked about coach kennedy taking a knee and you know, going through the lawsuit, losing his job, but just, you know, having the courage to to fight it. And it's going to take everyday citizens like that just to have the courage to know these are my values and I'm going to express my values. I'm sorry you're offended by my values. You know, personally, I'm offended, you know, by the fact that you are cheering the destruction of innocent life. Um, that that's offensive to me. As a country, uh, you know, our our leaders made the decision that that life uh, was not worth saving. You know, when they, when when the Supreme Court said, "Yeah, you you can kill babies," I mean, that's fine. I don't think the majority of the country felt that way, but it was established by our leadership, and and now that that has been removed at least at at the federal level there are still states that you know leadership and states that are fighting for that right to to kill innocent life i think we need to speak that value loud and clear that we believe in the sanctity of life uh, that there's value in life absolutely there's value in life um and that's something that that we have to shout from the rooftops loudly and and clearly, and um, along with other values that we have. Some of those uh, being the the right to to raise our children in a system of morality as we see fit, as parents. 
we have that right. It is it is a right given to us by God that we are allowed to raise our children in a system of morality as we see fit. And this is something that we need to begin shouting from the rooftops. I have a story here, which hopefully I will get to before the show is over. Matter of fact, maybe maybe next segment we'll we'll dive into this. Um, it's it's a story out of Florida, and uh, parents at a charter school discovered that their kids, I think fourth graders, that they were uh, shown a film. Um, that is just despicable and they're furious about it and they're uh, as they should be. And I think as, as parents, this, this furious attitude is, is becoming more and more prevalent among us. But, but even as we become furious about, you know, what's happening in our classrooms, we have to, speak the opposite. We we have to declare the opposite. We have to let society know, you know we're upset about this and our values are, are 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 that. We're upset about what you're you're teaching our kids here because our values are this. I think we have to not only show that we're upset, we have to do a better job at articulating what our values actually are and what we actually want taught to our children. All right, we will dive into this uh, on the other side of the break. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix Rx. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discussed the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. 
Welcome back to The Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You're listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. America Out Loud is a leading voice in the rise of the new media. It's America's premier news network where smart people go to get their news and information. And we are happy you on board. You are on board. Congratulations on being one of the smart ones and making it to the Dean's List. We are happy to have you with us. We're talking about vocalizing our values. That's the name of the game here. We have been upset and furious for a long time. And now we just have to uh, continue to be upset. Yes, but let's let's vocalize what we want. Let's vocalize our values. I'm, I'm looking at an article here. Uh, this article is entitled, Florida Parents Furious, Their Fourth Graders Were Shown Winnie the Pooh Horror Film in School. Have you heard about this film, by the way? This uh, this film is called Winnie the Pooh Blood and Hun- Blood and Honey. Um, I- I've read the synopsis of it. Don't watch it. Don't waste your time. Just just don't. And the fact that there is a teacher somewhere in a school somewhere who thought, yeah, this should be a good idea. Let's show this to fourth graders. Uh, okay. The- Maybe the person needs to be let go, not because they showed the movie to fourth graders, but because they were they had the initial thought, because they're incompetent enough to show it to fourth graders. Dean, how dare you call this person incompetent? You know, if you're showing this movie to fourth graders, you're not a smart person. Um, here's the article. Parents of students in a Florida charter school are upset that their fourth graders were shown a Winnie the Pooh-themed horror movie in class, and that the teacher allegedly refused to turn it off even as the students were begging him to. All right, these are fourth graders, and these kids have this image of Winnie the Pooh and Piglet in the Hundred Acre Woods. I mean, they've, they, they have grown up watching the cartoon. And then you have a teacher who lacks the common sense, who lacks just the, the the common courtesy, really, to refrain from showing them a horror film about Winnie the Pooh and Piglet. Michelle Diaz said her twins were deeply affected by seeing the horror film Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey at their school. This school is the Academy of Innovative Education in Miami Springs. So, the name of the school, the Academy of Innovative Education. Is this is this what you would call innovative education? Is this being innovative? Let's hey, let's show the fourth grade. I got all right. Here's the here's the Monday morning staff meeting. Everyone gather around. I have got a great idea for innovation. All right, let's hear it. Here's my idea. Let's show the fourth graders Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. I mean, talk about innovation and education. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, Michelle Diaz said their math teacher put the movie on during class time. Math? All right. Don't you have better things to do in a math class than to show a, a movie, period? Much less Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey? Shouldn't you be teaching the kids about math in a math class at a, at a school called the Academy of Innovative Education? 
the film is unrated and contains graphic depictions of violence, murder, torture, nudity, and profanity to fourth graders. Diaz said the students' pleas for the teacher to turn it off went unanswered. He didn't stop the movie, even though there were kids saying, hey, stop the movie, we don't want to watch this. The mom reported to CBS News of the incident. While she says some students picked the movie, she didn't see that as a valid reason for showing it in the school. All right. Uh, you have fourth graders, you know, picking the movie, but you have a teacher who allows fourth graders to pick the movie. Okay, even if you open up, even as a teacher, even if you open up and you say, hey, kids, you know, we're, we're going to have some free time in math, you know, maybe, all right, maybe they just finished an exam. I get that. And you want to reward the kids. So we're going to watch a movie. What movie do you want to watch, kids? You know, little Johnny, little Sally, what movie do you want to? I get it. You know, maybe you open it up to them. But the second little Johnny says, hey, I want to watch Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Then you as the adult have to think, hmm, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. I mean, that doesn't that doesn't sound right. Um, I mean, initially you have to say no if that's the title. But even if you want to, to investigate it on your own, by all means, investigate it on your own. Watch the movie. Uh, but you don't even have to watch the movie. All you have to do is read the synopsis of it. You can take 30 seconds of your time, Mr. or Mrs. Teacher, and you can read the synopsis of this movie in 30 seconds, and you can learn, okay, yeah, this is not a movie I'm going to play to fourth graders. It's not a movie I'm going to watch myself. Um, but yet, you know, you have a teacher here at the Academy of Innovative Education in Miami Springs who says, hey, this is a great idea. Yeah, we're going to watch this movie. And according to the mom, uh, the kids are are begging the teacher to stop the movie. We do not want to watch this. And the movie wasn't stopped, according to the mom. Uh, so while she says some students picked the movie, she didn't see that as a valid reason for showing it in the school. Quote, it's not for them to decide what they want to. It's up to the professor to look at the content. Yes. Yes, my point exactly. Blood and Honey is a British indie film and features the children's book characters Pooh and Piglet going on a murderous rampage, which includes smashing a victim's head with a sledgehammer, decapitating a person, and feeding a woman into a wood chipper, among other horrific scenes. And, and, and we think this is okay to show the fourth graders. The school issued a statement regarding the incident saying some students had met with a counselor after viewing a portion of the film. So you're going to show kids a movie that is so traumatic to them. After seeing it, they have to meet with a counselor. This is innovative education. The school issued the following statement. The Academy for Innovative Education has become aware that a segment of a horror movie was shown to fourth graders on Monday, October 2nd, 2023, that was not suitable for the age group. Our administration promptly addressed this issue directly with the teacher and has taken appropriate action to ensure the safety and well-being of students. 
Head of school, Vera Hirsch, told the Miami News Times that as soon as the teacher realized what was being shown, the movie was turned off. Wait. Well, uh, all right. I'm going to repeat that. As soon as the teacher realized what was being shown, the movie was turned off. So are are you trying to suggest to us that the teacher didn't know ahead of time? that this movie was about to be shown? I mean, who's in charge of the classroom? (laughs) Is the teacher in charge of the classroom? Or uh, is some fourth grader named Bubba in charge of the classroom? As soon as the teacher realized what was being shown, the movie was turned off. She also said only 20 to 30 minutes of the film was seen. Wait, wait, wait. Um. As soon as the teacher realized what was being shown, the movie was turned off, but only 20 to 30 minutes of the film of the film was seen. So for 20 to 30 minutes, the teacher didn't know what was being shown. Yeah. Is anyone else following this? Are you tracking with me? Quote, most of the film's grisly murder scenes take place later in the movie. Most of the film's grisly murder scene to most. I mean, some of them might happen in the beginning, um, but most, you know, take place later on. And as soon as the teacher realized what was being shown, the movie was turned off. I mean, it was only on for 20 to 30 minutes. (laughs) Somebody is lying to us here. Somebody is lying. I promise you, this teacher knew what was being shown from the get-go. Uh, and then let it go on for 20 to 30 minutes. But it's okay because, you know, most of the film's grisly murder scenes take place later in the movie, not in the first 20 to 30 minutes. Except probably what the kids were upset about. I mean, I, I read the synopsis. I haven't seen the movie. I'm not going to, but I read the synopsis. And the animals of the 100-acre wood are upset because Christopher Robin goes off to college, and they go on a a killing spree. And you know who they start with first? Eeyore. Eeyore. The animals start with Eeyore, and then they eat him. And this, this happens early on. So, yes, I can see where fourth graders would be upset about this. I mean, as a fourth, I mean, I'm upset about it as an adult. So I can tell you as a fourth grader, I am terrified. And yeah, I'm probably going to need to see a counselor. But to, to defend it and say, as soon as the teacher realized what was being shown, it was turned off, even though it was, it was on for, for 20 or 30 minutes. Well, which is it 20 minutes or 30 minutes? I mean, it's probably closer to 40 or 45 if you want the truth. Hirsch said the incident had been, quote, thoroughly addressed with teachers, students, and parents, and that the students who saw the horror movie were in school and doing fine. Ah, these kids are fine. I mean, yeah, a couple of them had to meet with a counselor, but, you know, they're, they're good. They're all good. They're, they're fine. Kids are resilient. This incident is reminiscent of a Tennessee teacher who was suspended in 2016 for showing his high school class the graphic and violent horror film, Human Centipede 2. So, all right, as I guess here, here's the point that, I'm, I, that I want to make. As parents, absolutely, we are upset about this outrage. 
were upset about Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey being shown to our fourth graders. And we're really good at expressing this outrage, as we should be. We should vocalize this outrage. We should vocalize how upset we are. And we should demand that the school take action. But we should all also vocalize what we want to happen instead of this. We need to vocalize our values. Parents at the, uh, what's the name of the school? The Academy of Innovative Education, right? How could I forget that? Parents at the Academy of Innovative Education, you are upset about this and you're vocalizing how upset you are. Now vocalize what you want instead of this. Vocalize the values that you want taught to your children. Let's not just say, here's what we don't want, okay? We we don't want you um, showing our kids this horrific movie. You know, where Winnie the Pooh goes on a killing rampage and he starts off first with Eeyore. All right, we, we don't want that. But here's what we do want. We want, you know, if you're going to show a movie, make sure it's a movie that that promotes our values. And here are our values. We value life. We We value friendship. We value looking out after our, our fellow man. Uh, we value the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. These are these are our values, and this is what we want taught to our kids. This is what we want expressed to our students. These are the values that we want explained and expressed in mathematical story problems, for example, or uh, grammar sentences. When when we're studying grammar, we 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 believe that the sentences and the narrative in that lesson should include value-based narratives. That's what we want. As parents, this is what we have to start vocalizing. As American citizens, we must begin to vocalize our values once more. Yes, go ahead and complain and, and be furious and be upset about what is what's being rammed on the throats of our kids. But after we, we, we express how angry we are, then we need to turn around and articulate what we want taught to them, the values that we want expressed to them. That has to start being articulated. All right. Yes, we're upset that the gender unicorn is coming into the schools and telling our kids that that gender is fluid. And we need to express that anger and that frustration. But on the flip side, we need to demand that our kids are taught actual biological truth, that there is two genders. And either you have two X chromosomes, which makes you a female, or you have an XY chromosome, which makes you a male. And that is what we start demanding. That is absolutely what we start demanding. We start articulating what our values are, we start articulating actual veritas, which is divine truth, which apparently Harvard promotes because it's still on their seal. Even though I highly doubt they know what the word means, because if they did, it wouldn't be on their seal any longer. Actual, actual divine truth. What is divine truth, Dean? Well, you know, male and female were created in the beginning. He created them male and female. Oh, you can't say that. I mean, we weren't created. We came from a monkey. 
And you know that. Everybody knows that. Mm, mm, mm. Don't get me started. Dean, were you there? Were you there at creation? Did you see God create people? All right. No, I wasn't. You know, but, you know, certainly I don't, uh, I, I know what the, what the scripture says that everything was created in its kind and it produces after its kind. I mean, the apple tree has a seed in the apple and it produces more apple trees. You know, humans have human babies. I have never once seen a gorilla primate shoot out a human baby. Not once. It hasn't happened once. Haven't seen it. I mean, we, we we can watch. At least that we can we can observe and we can we can test that that little hypothesis out there. And we've been testing it for decades and it hasn't come to fruition yet. Didn't you are you saying you don't believe in evolution? Absolutely, I'm saying I don't believe in evolution. You show me a gorilla that has that has even transitioned slightly to a human. Now Look, as species, you know, we evolve, but we evolve as a species. Humanity evolves, but it stays humanity. It, it doesn't turn into something else. Uh, the, the gorillas and, and the, the monkeys and the fish, they stay what they are. Uh, there is veritas, there is divine truth that we demand start being taught to our kids. That's what the country was founded on, and that's what we want. That's what we want going forward, and that's what we need to articulate. All right, we'll pick this rant up on the other side of the break. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news, liberty and justice for all. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. 
Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Welcome back to the Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. How can you get a hold of us? You can reach us at the email, thedean.list at protonmail.com. Thedean.list at protonmail.com. And of course, you can hear us here at americaoutloud.news by listening to the world-class media player. Download the app. Download the America Out Loud Talk app. And you know, you can hear us live on that app, Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Or, of course, you can hear us uh, on the podcast networks, wherever you listen to your podcast. All shows go to podcast the next day. So thank you for thank you for listening. Uh, we are talking about really articulating our values. And we we picked up the thread of the conversation, really lamenting the demise of Harvard. Harvard uh, is the first, it's the original college in the country. And, you know, the first and the best, maybe, but it's no longer the best. It has, um, ooh, it has fallen from grace. Uh, I'm looking at this article here. It's entitled, Student Groups at Harvard Starting to Think Maybe It Was a Bad Idea to Sign Letter Blaming Israel. For Hamas attack. You think you think they're starting to think it was a bad idea? I don't know. I don't think I should have signed that letter. Can I take my name off the list? No. No, you cannot take your name off the list. We need to know who you are. Uh, and uh, potential employers need to know who you are. If I'm a, a potential employee or a, employer, I, I, I'm going to want to know the, the feelings of that student that I'm about to interview, I, I want to know how they feel about terrorist groups such as Hamas. I'm going to want to know if they support that. The article says, the reaction to the Hamas attack on Israel by left-wing college students has been horrible. And Harvard is no exception. Dozens of student groups from the elite school signed a letter blaming Israel and supporting Palestine, which is represented by Hamas. The public reaction to this has been near universal disgust. And now these Harvard students are starting to worry about their future employment prospects. They should be worried. Number one, the reaction by God-fearing citizens, whether you're God-fearing or not, you have some degree of morality about you and your reaction is disgust. Disgust at these students, disgust at this letter. So the correct reaction, absolutely. And yeah, these students should be worried about their future employment prospects. Absolutely, they should be worried. Several student groups at Harvard University have withdrawn their signature from a controversial document, blaming Israel as entirely responsible for the Hamas terror attack. They should not be able to withdraw their name from the document. They signed the document. That document needs to be made public with their signatures on it. Now, just 
uh, you know, that's it, plain and simple. Sorry, you you put your name on the dotted line, you and you signed it in ink, not pencil. You can't go in and erase your name. The article continues. The U.S. State Department confirmed Wednesday that at least 22 Americans were killed in the surprise attack and another 20 more Americans were missing. Yeah, employers need to know who these who these kids are who signed their name to support the killing of 22 Americans and 20 more being taken captive. Absolutely. Their name should not be allowed to be retracted from that document. Following the attack on Saturday, more than two dozen student groups signed onto a statement, which was penned by the Harvard Undergraduate Palestine Solid Solidarity Committee, blaming Israel as entirely responsible for all unfolding violence. Campus newspaper, the Harvard Crimson, reported Wednesday that at least five of the document's original 34 signatories had withdrawn their endorsement of the polarizing statement. No, 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 no. You five should not be able to with, withdraw your endorsement. You signed. All right, th that's fine. Okay, maybe maybe we, they're kids. Maybe they realize, oh, I didn't know what I was doing. I got caught up in the moment. All right, okay. Maybe we allow you to, to withdraw your name, but we need to know that you originally signed. Employers need to know that you originally signed. You go ahead and defend your actions. Defend yourself. You, you should be allowed to defend yourself, but you should have to defend yourself. Employers should get to know that you originally signed. Uh, the, the backtracking is all about jobs. People want to know who these students are so that they won't hire them. Absolutely, we want to know who they are. I'm sure you saw uh, hedge fund manager Bill Ackman is calling on Harvard to release the names of students in the groups that signed the pro-terror statement so that employers do not inadvertently hire them in the future, he said. Uh, yeah, we don't want to in inadvertently hire these kids. We, um, mm -mm. no, but uh, the news gets worse for Harvard. Uh, this article has come out today. Uh, well, hang on. No, this came out last night, late last night. Victoria's Secret founder, Leslie Wexner, severs financial ties with Harvard over its dismal failure to condemn Hamas attacks. Last week, following the attack on Israel by Hamas, student groups at Harvard immediately signed a letter. Yada, yada, yada. Okay, we, we all, we know that. Um, an act uh, many students are already beginning to regret. You know, we're aware of that. Harvard's president released a statement condemning Hamas later, but the damage was already done. Now a major foundation and funder, the Wexner Foundation, has cut ties with the school. Leslie Wexner, the founder of Victoria's Secret and chair of the Wexner Foundation, has severed all financial and pro programmatic ties with Woke, Harvard University, and its Kennedy School of Government. The decision comes in the wake of what Wexner describes as Harvard's dismal failure to condemn the recent Hamas attacks on Israel, which resulted in the deaths of over 1,000 Jews, including 20 Americans. 
The Wexner Foundation has been a long-standing partner of Harvard Kennedy School, providing scholarships and leadership training to Israel public service leaders for over three decades. In a letter to the Harvard Board of Overseers, Wexner and other leaders of the foundation expressed their deep disappointment in the university's lack of moral clarity. We believe that at its core, HKS, Harvard Kennedy School, was a school with moral purpose, matching the core values we embrace in our own work, the letter read. We are stunned and sickened at the dismal failure of, failure of Harvard's leadership to take a clear and unequivocal stand against the barbaric murders of innocent Israeli civilians by terrorists. Oh, well, uh, the university's lack of moral clarity. We, um, that's huge. That is very important because it's accurate. The university lacks moral clarity. It once had moral clarity in the beginning and it no longer has moral clarity. And so, again, this this brings me back to the point that, you know, as citizens, as as families, as parents, as citizens of this great country, we must not only start, I shouldn't say start, because we have been complaining for a long time. I guess I should say continue. We have to continue showing our disgust for what's happening in, in both K-12 and in higher education, showing that anger. But we also must articulate what we want to replace that evil that we're angry about. We must begin to articulate what we want being taught to our kids. And also we have to begin to articulate where we want our kids to go to school. Uh, you know, if if Harvard is not going to get it done, then we be, we need to begin saying that publicly, okay, Harvard is woke. We're not sending our kids to Harvard. Well, where are you going to send your kids now? I mean, granted, there's a, there's, you know, a bajillion schools out there, but you, we need to begin to articulate the best and the brightest of the non-woke universities. That is important. Well, it's the question, how do we know what the best and the brightest is? I mean, we hear more and more, we're learning that Harvard is a woke, um, well, I mean, it's woke. <laughs> we'll, just, uh, we'll just call it what it is. The very end of this article, uh, let me just get here to the end. It says, um, the Wexner Foundation's decision comes after 31 Harvard University student groups. Okay, signed the letter. We know that. Uh, the letter was particularly shocking given the gruesome nature of the attacks. That is true. Adding fuel to the fire, it was revealed that Josh Wilcox, 22, a student leader from the Harvard Undergraduate Palestine Solidarity Committee, is the son of wealthy perfume tycoon Joe Malone. This revelation has led many to question whether the views of these student groups are influenced by personal or financial interests. 
rather than a genuine concern for human rights. Well, yeah. The Wexner Foundation's bold move serves as a wake-up call for other academic institutions. That is the, that is the absolute truth. These other woke colleges and universities had better wake up. Uh, that that may be compromising their moral integrity. Other universities that may be compromising their moral integrity for the sake of political correctness, for the fear of backlash. Uh, and this, if this does anything, it it wakes Americans up and uh, and lets us realize that, you know, uh, higher education isn't what we thought it was. I mean, for those of us who are awake, we get it. We know it is what what we thought it was. But, you know, for normal everyday Americans who who aren't necessarily paying attention to higher education, I think we're starting to see the truth. Um, So how do we articulate? If, If we know that Harvard is woke, how do we articulate what the best and the brightest schools are? There is a website I'm going to direct you to. It is called deanslist.org. Now, it's not affiliated with this show. The Dean's List um, is is the name of this radio show, but deanslist.org is not affiliated. It is its own entity. Uh, But the beauty of Dean's List is you can click on any any state. They've got a map there, and this map is amazing. I'm on the website right now, and I'm going to click on Michigan because since that's where I am, I'll go to Michigan. And then they give you a scorecard of uh, the public. Well, there's public and private. They're going to give you a scorecard of what the top 10 schools in the state are. So Central Michigan University, F. Eastern Michigan, F. Grand Valley State, F. Michigan State, D. Oakland University, my alma mater, gets a D. University of Detroit Mercy, D minus. U of M gets an F. Wayne State, F. Western Michigan gets an F. Hillsdale College, A plus. So this, you know, if you know anything about Hillsdale versus some of these other schools, I mean, you you can probably now tell uh, or have some idea of what their scorecard looks like. I'm just going to click on University or Eastern Michigan University. They got the F. And I'm going to scroll through this report card. It gives you fast facts, acceptance rate, student to faculty ratio, enrollment size, uh, out-of-state tuition fees, in-state tuition fees, um, their endowment. They have professors on a professor watch list. They have one professor on the professor watch list. I haven't even got to that yet. There, um, uh, there's this great site called Professor Watchlist, and you can, you know, find the the woke professors. Well, Central has one professor on this list, and then the report card uh, just kind of tells you the categories that they're graded on. What will they learn? Their academic score, average salary of recent grads, uh, percent of grads with debt, average debt of the grads. Uh, mandated equity, inclusion, and diversity training for staff. Um, I'm going to click on that. Eastern Michigan receives an F. 
Um, the Human Resource Office says they, quote, conduct trainings and workshops on affirmative action, equal opportunity employment, and diversity issues, as well as discrimination, harassment, and fair employment practices. So that tells you basically that they are teaching their staff essentially how to be racist. A bias reporting system, uh, segregated dormitories, segregated graduations and classes. They let me see what do they get for that? Well, they get a B for that. The university has one segregated convocation, which they really shouldn't. Come on, we're humans. Required Western civilization course for students, they get a C. Uh, Eastern Michigan receives a C for required Western civilization courses. While the university does not have a required Western civilization course or category of courses, its required humanities category does list two courses on Western civilization that can be taken to fulfill the requirement. All right. A lot of these schools that are getting Fs, they have no requirement for learning about Western civilization. So, uh, go to the deanslist.org and uh, click on your state or just, you know, click on any state. If we, if we go to Massachusetts, whoops, that was Maine. I'm going to go to, I'm running out of time here. I'm just going to click on Harvard. Oh, Harvard's getting a D minus. Harvard is getting a D minus. I'm surprised they're, they're graded that high. So, you know, there are tools out there for us, the deanslist.org, and you can find um, a ranking or a rating of, of colleges who are the wokest out there. Neighbors, friends, family, uh, let's begin to articulate our values. Let's articulate, let's not only get angry at the filth that's happening, but let's articulate the values well that we want to see happen throughout this country. All right, right of time, America. Thank you for joining me today. Encourage your friends and family to get on the Dean's List. Let's unite to renovate the age.